to the Benefits Corner podcast. Thanks for joining us. With each episode, we'll be speaking with business owners, thought leaders, and top performers. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information as it relates to employee benefits, Canadian healthcare, and running a business. Now, we should say up front that the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those shared by the Benefits Corner nor its host. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Today's show is brought to you by Aria Benefits, modern advisors backed by experience and technology. Now here's your host, Robin Bailey. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Benefits Coroner Podcast. So happy that you joined us. I think you're in for a real treat today. One of my favorite people in the group retirement industry, Alex Bertola, account executive for Manulife, is joining me today. And wait until you hear this conversation. It's it's so hard to contain this guy's passion for the business. And it's one of the reasons why I love doing appointments with him. And I always joke around, you'll hear us talk about it, that just put this guy in front of a whiteboard and watch the magic happen. But really knowledgeable guy in the industry, has a unique background. I really, really enjoyed having him on the podcast before he, he jets off to Italy for a well-deserved vacation. I really hope you enjoy this one. Alex, thanks for uh, joining me today. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, you know, it's Friday, which means for me a lot, it means podcast day. I mean, I try to stay away from the, the Thursday and Wednesday and Tuesday recordings, and, and I'm always happy to do one on Friday. But I'm particularly excited today because you and I have been working together for a long time, and I finally twisted your arm <laughs> to go on and do the podcast because you and I have done so many appointments, and I've seen you in action. And maybe just to give the audience some perspective, we're here to talk about group retirement plans. Mm-hmm. You've been with Manulife for quite some time. And again, I think you have a pretty unique perspective and background. So maybe you can just share with the audience what your background is. Well, thanks first for having me here. And yes, we have done a number of presentations together and it's been a blast every single time because they're always unique and different. So my background starting with Manulife goes back 19 years. I started in Manulife's US division before we we were known as John Hancock. We were Manulife US. We operated in just a few states. So we were very small, unique, nimble. I started back 19 years ago, as I said, in the group retirement marketplace. So coming into Canada after 2001 brought a different, unique experience back into the Canadian marketplace. Uh, Coming into the Canadian group retirement place, I started in our Manulife head office in Kitchener as a manager of the investment only area. So that's old defined benefit business, which you don't really see too much anymore. Moving from there, they asked me to take on a role in our pricing department, uh, working with the actuaries. So that gave me a different exposure to the marketplace. I'm a social worker by background. So take the social worker person, put them into the pricing area, and you got a bunch of actuaries sitting there talking about basis points, and you have this little social worker saying, I don't even know what a basis point is at this point, (laughs) but okay, let's go there. Uh, My role was just simply to be a liaison person for six months between group retirement service and understanding the pricing impacts from service. So that was a six month little project that turned into a full two and a half year rebuilding and retooling the entire pricing department uh, because we had a better understanding of how service 
relayed into the distribution and we started getting into bigger uh, marketplaces. So after the two and a half years in pricing, I decided to take a role out in what we call our distribution field. So it came out as a junior salesperson. That was 13 years ago. And my boss at the time said, okay, there's three roles that you can do. One is as an account manager. The second is as a financial education specialist, or the third is a salesperson. Take another six months, meet with every single department and understand what they do, and then try to figure out what it is that you want to do. Like, that's a great opportunity. I get to pick what job I want. Fast forward six months, sat down and said, hey, I really like doing that education role. No, you're not going to do that. Well, I really don't want to do that account manager role. Nah, it's just a little <laughs> too governmental and things like that. Yeah, I agree. That's not for you. So the sales role. Okay, I guess I'm going to be a salesperson. And all it was was just picking up the phone book of the Manulife phone book of advisors and coming across different market sources. And that's actually how we met was just calling on Robin and saying, hey, Robin, I'm Alex and I'm new into the group retirement marketplace. Please put some business with us. Yeah. And so it was just a, that building of a relationship. So that was 13 years ago. It was, it was fantastic getting to meet all advisors and growing in the marketplace. So it's not having this preconceived notion or all these set expectations. No, it was, hey, Alex, here's a phone book. Find these advisors and start building your business with them. And that's really the uniqueness is coming out, working with advisors, and especially guys like yourself who are very energetic, creative, as we're doing right now in a podcast, and taking it to the next level, not just staying inside the traditional old box of 10, 15, 20 years ago. I guess we're going to talk more about the traditional versus creative, but that's the the creativeness of, of myself. And then also working with a couple of clients that we've uh, dealt with uh, where they've had US-based operations, that's my real expertise is bringing the US experience into the Canadian marketplace and vice versa. Recently, we came across two plant sponsors that had US-based operations, even though they're Canadian health companies. So it was great being able to provide them with some 401k information knowledge, putting them in contact with our John Hancock partners now as we're known in the US. Yeah, and I think I think all of that background has really served you well. And and I joke around with you and I joke around with prospects and clients and we walk into a boardroom and I see a whiteboard and I and I smile because they said just put this guy in front of a whiteboard. But it's 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 more than your ability to explain really well and in, in really simple terms about how all of the plans work and we'll get into that. But I think that background, especially with US exposure, has and I've seen it happen when we've gone into meetings, there's there's instant credibility within 10 seconds of, of you starting to speak. So I think that background is interesting. So thanks for sharing that with us. But we're here to talk about group retirement plans. And I'm excited about this because I've been excited about these plans for a long time. I worked in a similar role to you way back in the day on the group retirement side. I've been excited about this, this side of the business for a long time. And I'm really happy to see it seems everywhere I go, this is the number one sought-after benefit by both employees and employers. So you and I are working a lot together uh, quite recently. I guess the best place to start you know, for our audience is, 
As an employer, what are their options in the marketplace? Because we've heard about pensions, we've heard about DPSPs, something called a combo plan. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could just lay out the basic groundwork of what options are out there. Yeah, and in the group retirement marketplace, there are really three simple and only products. You have your registered pension plan, otherwise known as a DCRPP, and people refer to that as the pension plan. Right. You have a second option, which is a group retirement savings plan, otherwise known as an RSP. And then it's always been there, but it's become more popular, is known as a deferred profit sharing plan. Those are the three, what we call defined contribution plans that are available to plan sponsors. So register pension plan, otherwise known as an RPP, is the very formal locked-in retirement program. So the plan sponsor registers their plan with the Financial Services Commission of Ontario. It has very structured rules. So if that plan sponsor is looking to ensure that members do not touch their money before retirement, and we're going to get into the reasons of why and not, that is the very formal. Now, however, with a registered pension plan, because it is registered with the Financial Services Commission of Ontario. There are two things that client sponsors need to know. The first is there's a $250 application fee that is paid to what we're going to call Fisco okay. instead of having to keep saying the whole long drawn out thing. The second part is every year a plan sponsor must complete what's called an annual information return report, otherwise known as an AIR. And that costs $6.15 per member per year. Now, an audit is required every three years until assets reach $3 million. So once it reaches $3 million in assets of the plan, then it's a required annual audit. Plan sponsors will set that up because they like the very formality. Also, from an employee perspective, it's optics. They consider that a pension plan. Sure. As opposed to, oh, we have an RSP. Oh, great. We have an RSP, but we want a pension plan. They're all pension plans. It's just optics. Now, many plan sponsors are shying away from registered pension plans because of all the financial requirements, the fiduciary responsibilities, the AIR reporting, the audit reporting, and the lack of flexibility for that plan sponsor and for the plan members. In a registered pension plan, members cannot borrow against any of those assets for first-time home buyers or lifelong learning. A member cannot touch that money until age 55, the earliest. The max that they can unlock when they retire is 50% of their pension assets. The rest is subject to minimum withdrawal benefits and a maximum withdrawal benefit. So the government, the Financial Services Commission of Ontario, they prescribe what the minimum is and what the maximums are. So that's the really very formal. More traditional and what we've started seeing in the last 10 years is a move for plan sponsors to set up what's called an RSP, DPSP, so the Registered Savings Plan Deferred Profit Sharing Plan. The RSP is just where the employee money goes into the RSP, so it goes in before taxes. So let's take somebody who makes $50,000 a year they put in their contribution amount, and we can talk about averages as we're going along. But let's say they put in $2,000. Well, then that person pays tax on 48. They get an immediate tax break. And that's one of the biggest advantages of a group plan is exactly it gets in before taxes. So you right. save that immediately. 
Now, the employer contribution will go into what is called that deferred profit sharing plan or what we'll call a DPSP. The reason for that is twofold. One is if an employer contribution goes into an RSP, it's considered a taxable benefit. Therefore, that person that just paid tax on 48 is now back up to that $50,000 threshold if the company matched 100% of that. Not a bad thing because they receive an offsetting receipt, but there's negative impact to the plan sponsor because that contribution is considered a taxable benefit. Therefore, it attracts EI, CPP, healthcare tax, and possibly WSIB premiums. So that matching, so let's call that that 2000 would be subject to at least another 1.95% in healthcare tax. And again, depending on EI, CPP, and, and WSIB rates, it could be upwards of 45 to 5%. Not the most tax-efficient way. Not the most tax-efficient right? way, exactly. Yeah. So when we put the money into the employer contribution only, DPSPs only accept employer contributions, that money is now considered a pension adjustment, and therefore it avoids EI, CPP, healthcare tax, and possibly WSIB premium uh, rate charges on that. And those are the last two plans that you and I have set up where the plan sponsor said, yeah, we want to be able to save payroll taxes. The second advantage of a DPSP is that the employer contributions are subject to a two-year vesting, simply meaning when does the employee own the, the employer contributions? And the employer has great flexibility. They can say it's from two years from date of hire, two years from plan eligibility. So there's a lot greater flexibility. If that employee leaves after six months, eight months, a year and a half, hey, not a problem. The employee takes their RSP money, the employer takes that money back. Now, for every great thing that the uh, government lets us do, there are two rules that we must understand in a DPSP. The first is anyone that owns or related to anybody that owns more than 10% of the company, they're not allowed to participate in a DPSP. We have a solution for those what we call connected persons. The second rule is the maximum you can put in for any one employee is 50% of their pension limit. So if we take somebody who earns, let's say, 100000 just for easy math on a Friday, so they're allowed to put in $18,000 from Revenue Canada based on their CRA notice of assessment, the maximum a plan sponsor can put in for any one employee would be $9,000. Let's take that example of our last plan that we went down and met with a client. They were so excited by that because what they can now do is, yes, they're going to have a matching formula. However, they have a little bit of room left over where instead of paying their bonus in cash, they're going to have the bonus directed to the deferred profit sharing plan. Again, avoiding all those Absolutely. payroll taxes. Yes. Now, if the employee wants access to it, great. They can have that withdrawal restriction lifted or kept in place, totally up to the plan sponsor. The great part about the RSP DPSP is the flexibility, especially for the member on the RSP. They can borrow against the, their RSP assets for home buyers withdrawal, lifelong learning, or even when they retire, they have a greater number of options. There is no minimum. There is no maximum. Advisors such as yourself would sit in your organization, like the Joe would be able to sit with them all and sit and work out what is the best course of action, not being handcuffed by government rules. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Even on the benefit side, you and I have chatted about it at length. Flexibility is everything mm -hmm. these days. So I find all the conversations when we lay out exactly what you laid out. 
99.9% of the time it's, oh, that's, that's an easy decision for me. Let me look at the combo plan because I want the flexibility and I want my employees to have that same flexibility as well. The one other part that we have to keep in mind, the, the companies that don't qualify for the combo would be any company that solicits donations from public. So any not-for-profit or non-profit good organizations good don't point. qualify for yeah, the good point. Yeah. Now, we talked about the, the DC pension, the combo plan. Someone could potentially set up a straight group RSP with just employee contributions. I know what my experience has been with setting up a plan like that. And, and while there are, are high hopes of what that'll accomplish, it doesn't always land. Maybe you can just chat about why as an employer, you might want to consider putting some money on the table as well. You're right. 100%. The take up rate, if we put in just a straight voluntary payroll deducted RSP, yes, it's fantastic. It looks really good. The take up rate would probably be upwards, maybe 20%. When an employer, what we call skin in the game, or puts in a matching contribution, that take-up rate would be 75 to 80%. The main reason why, and I think we've touched on this at the beginning, is it is now almost part of a total compensation Absolutely. requirement from an employee perspective. Hey, Robin, I want to come join your organization. Alex, we want you in the organization. Hey, Robin, you know, I'm debating between your company and company down the road. So what, what does your compensation plan look like? Hey, Alex, we have a great salary for you. We have bonuses. We have a benefit program, the opportunity to grow, be part of a great organization. Hey, Robin, down the street, your competitor is offering me a group retirement program with a match. We thought about that, but we thought, you know, it's better to having a slightly higher salary. You know what, nah, Robin, you know, I kind of like that whole security part of it. I might make two, three thousand dollars less working over there, but it has a matching retirement program. That's worth quite a bit. That's right. And that's what employees are looking for. They're looking for a total compensation package that includes a salary benefits, a bonus. Now, from an employer standpoint, we often get, hey, there's only so many things that we can do. That's why you want to have a meeting with Robin, myself, have that conversation because there are ways that we can actually put this all in place. As an example, the traditional, just looking at the straight RSP or DPSP or that registered pension plan, that's that old traditional view. Let's have Robin and Alex come in and have a conversation just like that last plan where we went to and they thought, oh, okay, here's what we want. Hey, have you thought about allowing your employees to, hey, we have a wide demographic of employees who are trying to afford, they're maybe trying to afford to buy a house, their first child, they're trying to put away for a child's education. And they often say, well, I'd love to participate in the plan. However, I just can't afford to do it right now. I really want to. But hey, Robin, let's think about this differently. So let's put you in the employee seat for a second here. I want you to come work for myself. And what I'm going to allow you to do is I offer you a 100% matching program up to 4% of your earnings. However, Robin, what you're going to be able to do is you're going to have an option to pick where you want your contributions to go. Do you want it to go to the RSP? Great. Do you want it to go to a tax-free savings account? Maybe you're saving for a house. I'm going to help you. You put your money into that tax-free savings account. Great. Or you're trying to save for your child's education. Why don't you direct your money to the RESP? 
or if there's a disability uh, credit that you're trying to apply for. Now I'm offering you a greater number of choices. And again, getting away from that traditional old style program, let's open it up. Let's not put it in that three box scenario anymore. Let's open it up to five, six boxes. And now I'm allowing you to pick where you want it to go to your contributions. The employer match will always go to the deferred profit sharing plan or registered pension plan so that that money is there. But now I'm allowing you a greater opportunity and greater choices. So now you're not going to come back and say, I'd love to do this, but I'm trying to save for my child's education. And I think that's slightly more important right now. Why can't we do both? I'll let you put towards your retirement savings inside the company and that deferred profit sharing plan, I'll match it. But now you put it towards the RESP, you get your 20% return, and then we're bonusing up from there. Or uh, the last one I went through, they had a lot of younger employees trying to purchase homes in the GTA. As we right. all know where the yeah. prices of homes That's are going. Right. And they're all coming back saying, mm, hold on a second. If I put an extra 4% here, that means I have 4% less for my down payment. No, Robin, you know what? Let's take that 4%. Let's put it into the RSP. Let's get the tax refund, let's throw that tax refund into the tax-free savings account. Let's have a better conversation and that's what employees are looking for. And that's why you need somebody like yourself as the advisor and your firm that has the ability to go out and meet with members and have that conversation. It's not about us telling the plan sponsor, here, this is what you should do. It's and what like we did with a whole bunch of your plans. We sit, have a conversation, understand what it is that they're trying to do. Great. Here's the traditional. Let's take it to the next level. And that's what's exciting about working with someone like yourself because you've been with Manulife for quite a while and I find you still have that passion and that creativity. Awesome. So yeah. for someone like me in a firm where we're still trying to grow and, and still trying to service our clients better and better every day, I mean, having those conversations, I don't know if you saw my LinkedIn post shortly after that meeting, it was down in uh, in City Hall and, and the Toronto sign in the background. And I came out of that meeting feeling this isn't even work. I mean, we're working with clients who are engaged, who value our ideas. They see the light, so to speak. They love the ideas that you put on the whiteboard. So you're absolutely right. And I love that flexibility. So we're at a point now, I'm sure everyone listening is convinced, okay, I need a group retirement plan. How does a business owner know it's the right time? Like, is there a right time to put in a plan like this? There's always a right time. Uh, okay. There is no bad time to look at it. Uh, typically, what you want, obviously, it's always around budget. So it's getting it in advance of the budget, uh, taking a look at that, understanding what your exposure can be. Now, the great part about a group retirement plan, unlike a benefit plan, we can completely control the expense. So you can sit with Robin and Alex and have that conversation and say, okay, I want to put in a retirement program. However, I have a budget of $200,000. Great. Not a problem. What we'll do is we'll set up a matching retirement program. And as an example, the last one that we did, we said they're going to do up to 4% with 100% match by the employer to a maximum of $3,000 per person. Great. And the plan sponsor sits back and says, okay, I have 70 people times 3,000. Great. We're, we're in our budget standpoint. Or if you open it up and you say, no, 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 I don't want to put a cap on it. 
we can still put restrictions to say, okay, it's based on base salary only. So there isn't ever a bad time. It's just when's the right time would be more about budget. So when are you looking forward? The other part is the right time is when an employee leaves you. Why are they leaving you? Mm, good point. Are you doing an exit interview? And when an employee leaves Manulife, they often try to sit and have an exit interview. Where are you going? Why are you leaving? And typically it is not for necessarily better compensation packages. It's different, maybe special relocations or anything like that. But I often get employers that come back after the fact when we've gone and done an initial presentation and then say, hmm, I've lost three or four employees. Why did you lose them? Well, they went to my competitor. So we, uh, Robin and I, we both have the ability where we can run a benchmark report that will tell you in your industry what it looks like. What's your industry offering? What's your competitor offering? Your biggest competitor and your smallest competitor. And we actually often find that the smaller competitor is offering a better compensation package. That's right. Yeah. Because they're so in tune, they need to attract, retain. The onboarding of an employee is really expensive. So if you're flipping through two to three employees a year, you've in essence gone through what possibly is going to be your total contribution for that person yeah, for the right. whole year. So let's look at that. There is always a great opportunity to have a conversation. And what we do is there's never an obligation. And that's why I love what I do. There's not an obligation for, for Robin to bring out an Alex or uh, to come and have that conversation to just basically have that, a chat and say, okay, here's what your smallest competitor is doing. Here's what your largest competitor are doing. And let's see, like, Let's have a survey. Let's have a conversation with your employees. There's no harm in let's do a pre-enrollment kind of buy-in meeting. Hey, employees, are you interested in a matching? And again, to your key, it has to be a matching formula of some sort. Yeah, I agree. Because otherwise, a voluntary plan, great. We can start it off and then introduce the concept later on. But the take-up rate, I'm doing one right now, their current plan is at 10% take-up rate. They're introducing a small match. So they're starting off at a one-on-one. And then they're going to start building it up based on their budget. And their goal is to get it up to a four-and-four. So the employee would put in 4%, the employer would put in 4%. Their big thing is they need, because they had a lot of transient employees, they're trying to stop that transient and that turnover. And they're saying, yeah, you know what? We've lost now 20% of our workforce to our largest competitor. And it's not because of an extra three to five to $10 an hour. Right. It is because they offer a better total compensation program. Yeah. And that compensation program includes a group retirement and a lot of younger employees out there are, yes, we're in the gig economy where, yep, you're going to be around for three to five years at that one company. Great. Not a problem. But employees are looking for those three to five years. They want a retirement Absolutely. And I, and I hear it all the time. So thank you for all the information you've given us so far, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to give a plug and, and maybe you yeah. won't give a plug. I don't know, but there's a lot of choice in the industry. Same as on the employee benefit side. 
there's choice on the group retirement side. And I'm going to keep my opinion to myself for now. I think everyone knows I, I'm a big fan of Alex, so it's out there. But, it, you know, in reality, someone can go anywhere. Why would a plan sponsor want to at least consider Manulife for the group retirement plan? It really does come down to the team. So, yes, there's Alex, but with Alex comes a client relationship manager, a financial education specialist, a great head office team. The product in itself, as we said, like there's really three basic products. Yeah. You have your registered pension plan, yeah. RSP, DPSP. So that's right amongst all the carriers. It is the level of service, the commitment. And for us, we have a low product minimum. So ours is two lives and $10,000 a year in deposits that we can set up a plan for. You get the same excited, energetic Alex for a two life plan versus a hundred. I've for seen a that thousand. same Excel. And I love Alex it. every uh, time. This is what I like to do. Yeah. Our team, this is what we like to do. The way I like to think about Manulife is we grew in the marketplace. We were the third carrier of choice. When I entered into the sale, into the distribution, the sales role, we were number three. Sun Life was by far number one. You had Great West Life number two. Manulife was a distant third, and then you had IA, everybody else, everybody else, all great carriers. In the last 13 years, we have been the number one sales growth in the group retirement marketplace. And that is because we started off where we are and we've never lost that focus. We always believe in, yes, we're growing. And now it's ourselves and Sun kind of share 1A, 1B. Great West is slightly behind there. No big difference that way. But we've never lost focus of what makes us different and unique. We have a client retention rate of 99%. That speaks to what our account managers do, our client relationship managers and our education staff. We'll go out and do an education meeting for as low as 10 employees where one of our competitors is 30. We want to get in front of employees. We want to bring it to them. Too often in our industry, we push a lot of information and we expect that everyone understands it. The two common threads that we get back from employees are, I just don't understand it. I want to do this, but I just don't understand it. Can you imagine trying to go buy a car and not understanding any aspect of that car? Yes, you see them on the road. You know that it goes forward, goes backwards, left, right, all that neat kind of stuff. But how do you know what what makes it? What model? What services? We often, on the group retirement marketplace, we want to push all this information to an employee and expect that they understand it. No, no, no. We need to take it back. And that's why we want to get in front of the plan sponsor. Make sure that we don't make this an extra work for them. That's why we have easy HR solutions. We want to become an extension of your HR department. We also have member engagement tools, retirement redefined, financial wellness. These are all great tools that will support and work with a member. And I always use myself as an example of how successful a group retirement plan is. For that, I look back at my first job. It was a mandatory registered pension plan. They required me to put in 5% of my pay. I'm 22. I could have used that 5% and did something else. Probably not for my retirement. I've done that. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Um, but I look back now, now I'm 50, and I look back and say, thank God I had that because now I can start seeing the end of the road. Now, what does that end of the road look like? 
hey, you know what? What's starting to make me think about things. I've opened up different ideas and, and concepts. And that's what we want to do is be able to come out, bring Robin, myself. Let's get out there. Let's have that conversation. And I think that's the other part of what makes Manulife different. I know a lot of my competitors, they won't answer the phone unless it's a million-dollar plan. And they won't come out and meet with a plan sponsor. I'll come out for two lives, uh, even a single life, because we have solutions for individual pension plans. We do full-service individual pension plans for business owners, key executives. Two lives, 10 lives, 50 lives, 100 lives. They're all great opportunities. And this is all I know what to do and how to do it. My home address is on my business card. It's on my email address. <laughs> You're the only person I know yeah, about that. I have people that knock on my door. Great. Not a problem. Call me. Not a problem. I work Monday through Sunday. I'm leaving for two weeks, going to Italy, and I'm bringing my phone and my laptop with me. Yes, I have backup support services. Of course, right? Yeah. You do. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with working an hour in the morning. My wife wants to go have a nice coffee on her own. Let her go. It's fantastic. I get to bang out a couple of emails. Well, this is this is one of the reasons why we get along so well. Yeah. And, I, and I've often put it, I'll, I'll post something on LinkedIn. I'll say, you know, um, who's ready for a coffee or let's, let's yeah. chat. Because let's have a conversation. I love, I love having these conversations. And again, to your point, we're not there to push anything on anyone, right? We, we were passionate about what we do. We believe in, in what we do. I think there's real value. You know, to your point, someone kind of forced you, I'm saying in quotations, forced yeah. you when you were 22. And looking back, you think, well, thank goodness I had had that plan. And, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, we were talking about it with our, with our client the other day. Benefit plans are pretty much a standard now and you have to have them. But sometimes it gets lost at employees and, and you're not necessarily coming out of the dentist thinking, well, thank goodness for our dental plan with ABC company. But when you're seeing your statements on a group retirement plan, especially if there's skin in the game from the employer and you're seeing what those contributions are doing over time, you're looking at that and it's a constant reminder saying, holy smokes, this is what my employer is doing for me. This is fantastic. And the more time that goes on, of course, the bigger that number becomes. So it's, yeah. it's, I think it's really valuable. So let's assume everybody loves this podcast and I'm sure they will, but there's a, there's a prospect out there who's listening and says, okay, I love everything Alex and Robin have talked about. How do I get started? Where do they start for this? Well, the first part is start with Robin. Uh, okay. I like that. Robin. I like yeah. that. That's a good answer. Get Robin into there. Uh, the great part about having that is Robin can do a lot of the introductory part of it, uncovering, figuring out the basic information that we would need to proceed, um, just giving you ideas and concepts. The next is Robin's going to invite Alex into the meeting with you, and let's have that conversation. And that's all it is. Again, no Absolutely. obligation, no Absolutely. whatever. Uh, we will come down, have that conversation with you, give you a couple of ideas, again, run a benchmark report for your industry, and that's it. And then from there, it's really a, at the client's discretion. We've gone back to that same client that we just referred to probably three or four times. times. Yeah. And they're still humming and hawing. They like every aspect yeah. of it. It's just, but it's a good conversation every time, every yeah. single time. It Absolutely. One step forward, one step forward. It's not a quick process. Sometimes they are, but for the most part, a group retirement plan, unlike a benefit plan typically takes four to six months to get up and running or concepts kind of in a buy-in. It's usually about a four to six yeah, month process is when we look at it. But again, absolutely no obligation. But the best place to start is with Robin. Give him a call. Have that initial conversation. 
maybe ask some of your uh, employees or whatever that, what are they looking for? Let's have a pre-meeting. Let's have a buy-in meeting because now we're going to ask them to contribute. I have one plant sponsor that I'm uh, putting in right now. What they've done is they've decided, look, we're going to do a basic, no employee contribution required right off the bat. We're going to put in 2%. And then what we're going to do is matching to their U.S. plan. What we're going to do is offer another 3%. If they put in, we'll match that 50% there. So it's just different flexibilities, different options, different benchmarks. And we can start it off small. Unlike a benefit plan, you don't necessarily have to go full gangbusters right off the bat. You can start it off small, introduce it, whatever you're comfortable with. And again, you're always protected. Often I get feedback saying, well, so you have a vesting protection on our employer contributions on the DPSP. Is there any such version of investing on benefit plans? Unfortunately not. No, I know. But this is a great way to protect your investment as the plan sponsor. It absolutely is. And, and speaking as a business owner who has a plan like this myself, it's it's very appealing. So, mm-hmm. Alex, we talked about a lot of great stuff today. So, this has been awesome. So, thank you, number one. But I always want to pick my uh, guest brain about any kind of life hack, a book you're reading, a podcast you're listening to, hopefully you're listening to this one, Um, but any other life hacks that you could share with us? And it doesn't have to be that. It can be anything you want to talk about. So two things right now. The book I'm reading right now is great, but also depressing. So you got to set aside uh, some emotional time. It's The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Um, It is a person that was pecked out and he was forced to tattoo numbers as people were coming in uh, to the concentration camp. Very emotional, up and down book. It is roughly 400 pages. I started it three, four days ago. And you just can't turn it down every night. And I'm going to bed just like, oh my God, oh my God. And the history behind that is I've actually visited a number of different concentration camps um, since I was 18, it's always been an interest of mine, family background and things like that. And this put it into a different perspective. I I highly recommend the book. Don't read the last, because I have a bunch of friends that will read the last few pages first and then Uh, backwards. Don't ever do that with this book. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal read, but again, an emotional up and down. And my second uh, vice is traveling. I love to travel. And in fact, actually, right after this podcast, I'm on a plane for two weeks for Italy with four other or three other couples. So it's four couples in total. So we've rented a nice villa down in Priano. Then we're flying north to Piedmont into the wine region, spending a day in Torino, and then flopping over to Venice on a train for a four-hour train ride. So it's going to be really nice that way. I'm then going to leave my wife and the three couples in Venice. They, I've been there before. They can go and explore it. And then I'm going to head north. And actually, for the first time in eight trips I've ever uh, that I've made to Italy, it's the first time I'm actually ever going to explore my dad's home region, his little town. It's called Cicchini. You 
I can't even find it on on a map. Uh, it's the bigger town is Aviano, so it's the U.S. Air Force Base has a base there, and that's close to the region. And then I'm going to plop down to Pardenone, where I have a few cousins. So that's going to be the last three days I'm going to spend. Very, very nice. I, w- I wish you safe travels. Thank of course, you. of course, we share that love of traveling, and and I've often talked about, yeah. you know, at the end of your life, when you look at the car in your driveway and the house that you're sitting in. I mean, yes, that's important while you're living, but ultimately, at the end of the day, those moments in time that you're going to share with, with family and friends over the next little while, yeah. that's the important part. That's the important part. And, right? and that's why we actually had this conversation about is looking at my retirement plan and saying, hmm, hold on a second. Okay, I have this, I have that. And hey, you know what? I just ordered. So for anybody on the podcast, order your Canada Pension Plan statement. Go right onto the Canada Pension Plan website. You Good can order your statement. It is amazing. It's an eye opener. I always, have, I, I know the maximums and minimums and and the averages and things like that, but I never looked at it from my own perspective. So I've now received my statement, and I now set aside that amount as my discretionary fund money. So it will pay for some winter travel. It'll pay for some golf that I'd love to do, and I don't have to touch my pension plan. I never even thought about it that way. And a shameless plug for the Manulife is you get to take that Canada Pension Plan amount and you can throw it into your financial wellness retirement program. And now you can see how that will provide you with additional retirement income. Beautiful. Can you tell why I like working with this guy? He's, uh, <laughs> trust me, we have some great conversations with our clients. And again, um, if somebody is listening to this and you want to shout out, just give me, give me a holler. We're going to wrap it up there. That does it for another, in my mind, I'm going to be saying great things about our own show, but I think this has been a, oh, it's been a great, a great podcast. As you all know, we post all of our episodes up to our website, www.ariabenefits.ca. Of course, you can get them on iTunes, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. If you want to reach out to me, you know where to get me, rbailey at ariabenefits.ca or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on the Benefits Corner.